You're listening to The Tech Box. Welcome, everybody, to episode 35 of The Tech Box. Uh, it's me, James Honeyball, and I'm joined by Richard Yates. How are you doing, Richard? I'm good, thank you. Good morning, and uh, I really enjoyed the last show. It was really great to hear Dave back on, wasn't it? Yeah, it's fantastic to get uh, Dave back on. Hopefully, we'll have him back on again soon. How have you been, Richard? Well, massively too busy, as you found out a couple of times. Um, still fairly busy, but uh, hopefully coming out of the other side. So uh, it's been an entertaining six weeks, if entertaining is, is the right word. Uh, I can tell you a bit about what equipment I've stress tested and, and what has succeeded and what hasn't. Um, yeah, so in your line of business, January is uh, generally uh, involved time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, it's, the, it's the tax return deadline in the UK and uh, it doesn't really matter that people have had nine months to get their tax return information done. There's a sizable group of people who... Um, they have two characteristics. One is they don't think about tax until after Christmas or even worse, after New Year. Uh, then they send you all the information on January the 3rd and by January the 5th they're demanding to know where their tax return is. And you sort of go, well, yeah, there are 35 others in the same process. I'll do it, but uh, you know, you're going to have to wait your turn. And then they, then they get very upset about it. So is this um, like being a taxi driver on Saturday nights? You just do it because that's where... The business is so you can't sort of turn it down you can't be a taxi driver yeah. and just do nine to five monday yeah, to friday pretty much so most most of what i, would, I do is, um, is is company tax work um but you know inevitably companies have people who work for them and kind of uh, the one goes with the other really uh, so yeah gotta be done not my favorite job it's not really not very really interesting it's just stressful and uh, time consuming and Generally speaking, if, if if any of my tech is going to fail, it usually fails during January because ah. because that's the point at which uh, it's, it's most under inconvenient. The greatest load. Well, it's under the greatest load, and I'm under the greatest load, so that's when I I want things to just work. And um, yeah, most of the time they've been okay. I had a a fairly spectacular fail in the middle of January, which which really wasn't very clever. Um, and for about an hour on the last day of filing uh, tax returns, I couldn't log on to HMRC at all, which was a bit worrying. But eventually I got finished about 8 o'clock in the evening on, on the 31st of January. So so nobody's tax return was in late, but uh, I think I had one day off between New Year and January the 24th, which uh, <laughs> it's just too much. You can't, you can't keep it up. No, that is uh, intense, definitely. Mm, yeah. So what was the kit that you were applying to this uh, problem? Well, um yeah, basically, I have a Dell uh, PC, um, which I got from uh, PC World, uh, which is medium medium spec, I guess. It's perfectly okay, nothing spectacular. Uh, I have some bits to install in it when I have the time, but rashly, I thought I might be able to do it at Christmas, but it was a complete non-starter. Um, and the HP uh, laser printer, nothing very fancy, so just a little one that sits on the shelf here, but uh, actually the printer is, is not... It used, to, it used to be the case the printer would always be the thing that failed, because you had to file tax returns in on paper, uh, and one of the tax returns I do is, believe it or not, 96 pages long, um, and even a, even a short one is... You're probably looking at a dozen pages. So uh, the printer was always the thing that failed. Um, and over the years, a couple of times I got caught out quite badly in January like that, where it really did make life quite hard. So I, I like to go into January having two two working computer systems that basically if the one dies, I can just pick the other one up uh, and worry about fixing fixing the first one afterwards. 
Okay. Uh, and and that, that was helped a lot this year because last year I managed to find some uh, software where all of the um, basically it's all done in the cloud. So uh, you know, all of my uh, tax returns and whatever are on a secure server, and basically whatever I can log into that server with, I can work on, which which has made life a lot easier and, and unusually as well uh, for anything tax and accounting related. There's an, uh, pretty much a, a lack of stuff that works on a Mac, um, but this even works on a Mac, so it's it's even better. Okay, so, so are you still the world's biggest Windows 10 fan? Hmm. Well, I, I would still say I think Windows 10 is much better than its predecessors. I don't think there's a lot of doubt about that. And there are, there are things about Windows 10 that I positively like. But I did very much jinx myself with that comment because uh, about the 16th or 17th of January, uh, I was in the middle of this uh, this fairly panicky time and uh, switched the computer on and had been working on it about 10 minutes when it came up and started the we are going to update now, do not pass go uh, nothing you say is going to stop us routine yeah yeah it's a fairly standard uh, message yeah. that comes up in windows yeah yeah and, and and believe it or not the update took two and a half hours uh, at the end of which i was um, much less a fan of windows 10 shall we say than i had been when i got up that morning uh, it caused me quite a lot of grief actually because the one the one problem i did have is all very well being able to log into um, stuff online which which i mean all of my stuff is on the cloud it's either on dropbox or or any other programs, um, but uh, it was just an utter nightmare because I, uh, for a start off, you know, I got stuff that was half done. Where I thought, mm, how far through did I get with that? Can't really remember. Um, and and it's all very well having the actual tax return program, but a lot of the linking schedules that I'd got were actually, as luck would have it, locally stored on that machine. And and that was, um, I'd have to admit, it was my fault. Um, basically, I'd I'd set the thing up wrong when I reinstalled something. Um, but it turned out that one particular folder that was actually quite keen to, key to the whole process wasn't backed up on Dropbox. So so you can say that I gained out of that because it now is being backed up on Dropbox and, and that problem couldn't recur. But the thing that I really find quite offensive about this is that we are doing this now. You know, uh, Why not say, we've got to update this uh, and you, know, you really do need to do it, but it, if you don't do it for 10 days, it doesn't matter or something. Because then I could have sort of said, right, okay, I know I've got to do this, I'll make sure everything's on the other machine and then I'll force it to do it. But no, it just takes the whole thing out of you and um, out of your control and, and does that. So, yeah, not good. The interesting thing for me is that I thought that Microsoft had explicitly put effort in to try and avoid this, yeah. i.e. they were taking control of the updates. It's kind of like if you have a, um, a consumer version of Windows, I don't think you can turn off these updates and it kind of you leave it completely in the operating system's hands and i assume that by doing that they would take the opportunity to make it as un- unintrusive as possible i.e we're going to take responsibility for updating your computer therefore we will do it at a time that we decide is uh least impact and obviously be fairly accurate on that time of least mm. impact i don't know also because you know a pc does get left on uh Okay, it might get left on for a, for a couple of weeks, couple of months, but every now and again it's going to get rebooted. And for the sake of some security patches, you know, does every day count? Can it wait a couple of weeks until you next reboot and just do all of the updates after a couple of weeks? And then maybe just if it's not being rebooted in a couple of weeks, just start giving a couple of little nag messages, but ones that you can sort of dismiss. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I'd make two comments, really. One is I, I haven't seen Windows do that before or since. Um, and it may be that, in fact, I'd already been sort of sitting there uh, for a fortnight and, and not updated it or whatever and not switched it off. I, I don't really know. I, the, the thing that, that really wound me up was that I had no no opportunity to bail out of the situation. I mean, it really wasn't a very good time. But, yeah, I, 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 there's a balance to be had, isn't there, between safety and security and, and uh, user convenience. Um and, and if the particular user in question had followed his own instructions to himself and backed everything onto Dropbox, uh, there would have been no problem. But as luck would have it, I, I was kind of was kind of stymied because I had this one folder that I don't I still don't really understand how it wasn't backed up. But um, the result was I couldn't find out where I'd got to with anything, and therefore it's a bit dangerous to sort of start um, sort of guessing where you've got to. So I mean, you know, it gave me a morning doing some other things that I probably didn't really want to do. But it, it did really annoy me the fact that I'd got no no control. I mean, if if you look at at um, uh, macOS, for example, uh, it comes up and tells you the updates. It suggests you might like to do them now, or in an hour, or tonight. And the more you ignore them, the more intrusive the reminders become. And I think I actually would prefer that. I, I do accept Microsoft has got a. It's got to. It's got to try and do something about the problems that you do have with security on Windows. And I think it has has already done uh, a lot that will improve matters uh, and. Um, I still think Windows 10 is, is, is the best version of Windows that we've had so far. It's just that there are still a few things about it that, that do quite irritate me. Um, and, yeah, for, for all I'm I'm happy with most of it, that, that really did... We, it wound me up at a time that I really could have done without it. Mm. I was going to say, on my work Macintosh, I do get a pop-up message that's trying to get me to upgrade to Mojave. Mm. And it's one of those pop-ups that doesn't have a cancel... I think it's got like oh, yeah. install and more more install or more information or something like that. Um, but it's a little bit annoying because uh, my corporate machine has been blocked from upgrading to Mojave. So I press the only way out of it is you press install and then you get a pop up saying no, yeah. you're not allowed to do that. So I've got that on my old Mac Mini, exactly the same situation. That, that it, it, it's not actually eligible for the upgrade to Mojave. It's a lot. It, it's basically you know, one generation too old. Um, and, and and despite all this, it's forever saying, "Would you like to do it?" So you go, "Yeah," and then it goes, "Oh, you can't." Yes, that is a bit annoying, isn't it? Yeah. So obviously, uh, Apple aren't completely innocent in all this. No. No, 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 no. I, I wouldn't say they are. And, and uh, I think the days of Microsoft being the bad guy are, I think, behind us, to be honest. Yeah, it's weird, that, isn't it? I think uh, I say we grew up, but you probably not necessarily... Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm older than you. A, yeah, yeah, a five-year-old uh, at this point. But <laughs> when we grew up, it, it, it the thought of um, Microsoft being anything other than the, the baddie, the, uh, the, the sort of monopoly owner if you like was uh completely alien and nowadays they're they're kind of on the periphery so it's so difficult to think of them as anything you know malevolent yeah and, and yeah i mean the first just, just to make you feel nice and young james the first time i ever used a pc i was 24 um and in those days it had a floppy disk with the uh, software on it and another floppy disk with the uh, program you wanted to use on it so uh, yeah well i had, still remember yeah, that because yeah. uh, we had one of those in the house with yeah. the old two floppy job I, I still remember the first pc i ever bought i paid a small fortune to upgrade the uh the memory from 64k to 128k, which uh, <laughs> just, just bizarre when you think about it. Um, but but no, I, back in the, back in the day, Microsoft was definitely the bad guy, wasn't it? Um, and that was really because it was so dominant, I think. And um, I think there were a number of reasons why they're not so dominant. 
now. Um, and I think, to be fair, they've tried to um, pivot the company into a number of different sort of approaches to things that, that make it a far more, um, or rather, a far less controversial company. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think the other thing is that they are disappearing from the consumer view. You know, I think uh, yeah. the only place yeah. they remain is two two areas. One is uh, laptops and PCs, because, you know, if you go into PC World or something, the majority is still Windows. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other one is obviously Xbox, you know. Uh, that's got, uh, whilst the share of, the market share of Xbox is declining, it's still fairly significant. So, uh Apart from those two small windows, and you probably want to chuck Office in there a bit, I think, because I think there's still a resonance with um, the general public with Office. Mm -hmm. So you might get people using Office on their iPhone or on their iPad or something. But apart from those few things, I think they are kind of disappearing. And, you know, PCs are not around forever in their current form. So it could be the unthinkable could happen in a few years where Microsoft just isn't on the consumer radar at all it's possible yeah and they make all their money from uh you know the sort of business business you know uh azure and the cloud and um you know corporate licensing and all that kind of stuff yeah i, I think there's a lot of look to be said for that i mean it, it, it i think if you look at what people actually use who are consumers rather than uh, businesses uh, ipad has taken a big chunk away from um Microsoft because people don't need a PC they can do an awful lot with with an iPad and, and on that score I was, I was interested to hear you and, and Dave talking about the iPad last week maybe we come back to that in a minute too because there is still this problem with the uh, the iPad in my view but to, to go back to to Microsoft um, when would I come across Microsoft if I didn't use it for work not really very much at all um, because uh, if I didn't have work well, I think I would have a, have a computer because I think there are still things I can do on a computer because of how long I've been with computers that mean I wouldn't feel comfortable really doing that on a, a tablet. But then, on the other hand, I'm talking talking to you now b being recorded on a, a, a Surface Pro, uh, and it, it's a tablet computer, isn't it? So, um, it, it you know, th something like this is a bit of a sort of a crossover thing. It, it can be used as a tablet, it can be used as a computer, rather more, I think, than um, uh, an iPad can. But it's a terrible yeah. tablet, though, surely. Um, well, to be honest, I suspect it probably is. I haven't actually used it as one. Um, it would be fun for watching watching uh, video, I guess. Uh, if if I there was a video problem. app for your uh, video provider, yeah. But, mm. you know, there's not a huge amount of sort of tablet-based applications for Windows, is there? No, no, no. You're just basically talking about using it in a browser, in which case, why have a, a PC tablet, you know? Um, I was... I was going to joke and say, of course, your Windows phone um, would be your sort of access to Windows. But I saw recently in the news that they've now removed the ability to even build applications from the SDK for yeah. Windows phone. Yeah. So it really is being dead, buried basically. under sort of several feet of soil at the moment. It really is quite a sad story from start to finish, Windows Phone, isn't it? I mean, you know, including the destruction of, of Nokia and all sorts of other things. Yeah, I mean, it's really... And that was another thing, you know, when when we were younger, we would look at Microsoft and whenever they set their mind to something, they got it, you know, that if they want to be the main provider of spreadsheet software, they got it. They want to be the main provider of an operating system, they got it. The browser, they got it. You know, and when they turn their mind to mobile, I just thought, oh, well, that's mobile gone then. Mobile will be Microsoft in a few years. And it's the 
first one and probably the biggest one that they tried and failed. No, there's one before, isn't there? They failed on the Zune as well. Yes, I don't know exactly what the timing was, but yes, that's a that's a good example as well. I, I, yeah, I mean, Zune. I, I remember thinking when when um, Nokia made the announcement about going to Windows Phone, thinking, well, I quite like Windows Mobile Six, and actually I did, in, you know, in, in lots of ways. I mean, it was. It, it was full of holes, wasn't it? But it, 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 it was it was something you could certainly play with and, and uh, you know, download programs to. You mean whatever. Windows Phone, or are you talking about the no, old win, Windows? The old Windows mobile. Okay, yeah. yeah the, the stuff that started on the on the SPV and, and the XDXDAs and things like that. Um, and, and uh, you know, uh, when, when Nokia made the announcement, I thought, well, you know, I haven't tried with um, Windows Phone, um, but if Nokia are going with that, it must be pretty good. Uh, and I went out and bought... Um, Oh my gosh, it was a Samsung, I can't remember. It was a Samsung Omnia 7, I think it was. Which, I mean, it, the chief characteristic of this phone, where well, I think you could have run a Chieftain tank over it and it would have come out the other side still in one piece. It was a, it was probably the, the single best built phone I've ever had. I mean, it, it wasn't great big and chunky, but it was just like, I don't know, maybe it was built out of titanium or something like that. It, it really was very well built. But the thing that immediately astonished me about that was what you couldn't do on it. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And I and I remember thinking, you know, on, on, on Windows Mobile Six on the on the good old HTC was it which one was it? The one that you could put any operating HD two was it if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You, know, you could tinker with that and do all sorts of things and, 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 and it was so flexible and versatile as a system. Now, okay, as we as we now know, that was letting all sorts of bad guys in, so it had to go. But why they released a half baked thing and then took three years to not manage to get it into a decent shape, I don't understand. Especially yeah. since I actually I'll say this heresy, but I I do think I quite like aspects of Windows Phone. Um, there are aspects I don't like, but it, it could have been quite good. But they they only ever did it half heartedly, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can think, for example, of uh, of examples of when um, when the first Windows phones uh, that Nokia made launched the Lumia eight hundred and the seven ten. The seven ten was actually it was quite a nice little device actually, but it was limited. And and, and I remember at the time that you just couldn't get the apps for it. Um, and I I still don't understand why Microsoft didn't say to um, I'm trying to think who they didn't have proper apps for, but I know to start with they had sort of like their own own app they'd written for Facebook and their own app they'd written for Twitter and whatever. Why didn't they go to all these companies and say, right, we're launching this, write us an app, you know, we'll, yeah. pay, we'll pay you for it. I mean, they certainly were partly strangled by Google, who, who refused to play ball. That's that's true, but but no, I mean, Microsoft has, has caught a, a, a real cold on that, and and I think the the change of approach uh, that that Satya Nadella has. has performed where you even now getting microsoft releasing stuff on linux for heaven's sake um i mean you, you remember how steve ballmer used to talk about linux yeah, you know, yeah, invention yeah. of the devil and, and whatever um steve ballmer famously said uh linux is cancer or words to that effect didn't he yeah pretty pretty astonishing outburst i remember it quite well really and it it, it, it kind of almost came across as a guy who, who sort of didn't like people playing on his playground it was um you know, I mean, at that point, you've got to remember that, that um, to be fair, Microsoft had, had uh, helped um, uh, Apple from, from going bust, and, and uh, Steve Jobs was busy rejuvenating it, but it probably wouldn't have been rejuvenated without a decent version of Microsoft Office. Um, yeah. And, and Ballmer absolutely hated Linux, didn't he? he yeah, really, yeah. He really went for it. The, um, the interesting thing about vacating uh, mobile is that that essentially is you vacating the consumer space in in a nutshell because yeah the people's phones are their pcs these days so if you're not in mobile you're not in pcs 
No, and I mean that, that's where uh, I, I guess that um, they've done an awful lot, haven't they, about bringing apps onto mobile rather than an operating system. I mean, true, uh, true. I mean, I, I uh, you know, the, the the heaviest stress I put my machines under is not uh, games because I don't do games. Um, it's not video because I virtually never do that unless I'm on a holiday or something. What I put my machines under the heaviest strain with these multi-page spreadsheets. I mean, on, on the machine I've got in front of me now, for example, I've got spreadsheet with about 23 tabs and they're all quite big and they've got macros and whatever they don't actually um put the machine under huge stress but but they you still can't really do that on an ipad i mean i mean if we if we go momentarily to what you and dave were saying about the ipad pro um the ipad pro is actually what i do any uh, media consumption on and it, and for media consumption it's brilliant but for them to market it as a computer uh, sorry i think that's laughable you know i mean how, how do you how do you navigate a 25-page spreadsheet when you can't have a mouse, for example? It, 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 you cannot find a convenient way, I don't think, of, of dealing with that sort of document on a tablet that won't let you attach peripherals. I, I'm fairly sure, and I haven't tried it, that if you tried that on, um, for example, the uh, Galaxy Tab 4, you probably would get support for, for more. I don't know, would it support a mouse? Yeah, it would support a mouse, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to think, I guess you'd, you'd use the android version of excel yeah you could yeah. probably just about fashion something out of it but it this is the point that i was making to to dave i suppose if you did convert your tab s4 or an android tablet into a workstation it would be hideously clunky and hideously underpowered yeah, I, and I agree yeah. <clears throat> the steps you make to make it better every step you take you more than likely take away from the convenience of it being a tablet that's easy to use. I, I agree. I mean, although, to be fair, Dave made a point uh, that, that actually I've had today because um, immediately before we started recording, my um, Surface Pro mouse started fl- zipping around the screen for no apparent reason, so I'm hoping it's not faulty. Um, but, uh, you know, I then I then took the keyboard off altogether and I'm using it as a tablet. And, and you were saying, how is it as a tablet? Well, this is the first time I've used it as a tablet. And, and if you think about it, we actually had a problem starting the record because I couldn't get it to start recording, pro- pro- primarily, I guess, because I've got big fingers and the icon isn't big enough. So so there is a certain element of you, you need a redesign of the interface. But but I agree with you. I don't, I don't think you can ever make some of these tasks as easy to do on a touchscreen interface as you can with a, a keyboard and a mouse. And, uh, and the answer to that, of course, might be, well, well, yeah, but you've been computing since before there were uh, graphic interfaces, and and so keyboard comes naturally to you. Mouse you probably got used to over the years. Uh, you know, you, you're a luddite and a fossil. Well, all of those, all those are true. But I think you might have cracked it there. Mm. You just put a keyboard on any tablet, and you just use the command line, and that's it. You just yeah. have the entire screen taken up with the terminal. I wonder actually whether somewhere I've still got a floppy disk with Lotus One Two Three on it. I mean, going back to Microsoft, how amazing is it that Microsoft managed to get Excel to be the dominant spreadsheet program when Lotus had a massive lead on that? And what's more, Lotus One Two Three was a pretty damn good program too. But but to go back to the iPad Pro, um, great device uh, for media consumption. It really is quite something. The screen is beautiful. The speakers are are, are impressive. As a business tool. Well, I'm I'm toying with getting the piece of software that uses it as a, as a spare display, um, but no, it's not really. I mean, I mean, I understand up to a point why they've put a USB-C socket on it and then made it so that it doesn't do most of the things that it could do. 
um, especially since that's how they got burned on people getting into the iPhone via the uh, lightning port, wasn't it? Um, but at the same time, if you could attach one or two peripherals to it, it would be hugely more useful. Uh, and very quickly, I think you might be able to get quite a lot of business done on it. But in its current form, to me, you know, it's, it's not very useful from a business point of view. It's not useless. Um, you know, it, I, I could... Well, I mean, last last time I travelled abroad on business, I, I took, took the iPad with a keyboard, and it was fine for emails and that sort of thing. But if I'd actually had to do some work on spreadsheets, no, just just not not viable as an alternative. No. Okay. Um, so, um, moving on from Windows Ten, have you got any other desktop news? Yeah, I, I, I uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. The other other thing that happened to me in January was that for well, perfectly good business reasons, I decided that the the other job that I was doing part-time wasn't viable i just didn't have any hours in the day and uh, really the long and the short of it was i wanted it to, to remain friends with my, my first world business partner and it, it, you could see that it was going to it was going to go to the stage where it, it, it would get awkward yeah so, beginning of january we agreed to split uh which yeah I few, like, like anything i have a few mixed feelings but i, I think actually i'll value the time the, the time or will do when i've actually got some but i will i will value the time more than, than the the, uh, the things that go with it because i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you a question as to whether you think going into business with a friend can ever work um as a generalization no and the particular circumstances were um were unfortunate he he had a two-man business and and his business partner well sadly he's now died uh, so i i agreed to help him for a while and it, and it developed into a bit more than that and, okay and uh, yeah i think i think yeah, in, in principle i'm not a great fan of it it doesn't really i think work very well because you can't you can't properly separate various aspects of your life in in the way that you might want to um but anyway the long and the short of that from a tech point of view is uh to work with him i'd have to uh, transfer quite a lot of stuff onto PC from Mac because um, you know, obviously he got a, a business with half a dozen employees and established programs and, and whatever, all of which were PC programs with no Mac equivalent. So, so the happy news from my point of view out of all of this is that when I get around to it, I've got a new Mac Mini and um, I can go back to being a Mac person again, which, which is yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it very much. The, the only sad thing is I wonder if there's something seriously wrong with my brain because all the time I'm using a PC, I'm happy on iOS, and now I'm thinking, well, I'll get a Mac on there. Maybe I should be relying on the Note as, as my primary tablet or the, or or, or sorry. Tablet, uh, phone there's a Freudian slip there isn't there and, and and not the iPhone which I think says something rather sad about my brain it ought to just sort of go for something and settle for it but it, it doesn't always want to do that unfortunately so which so, Mac Mini did you go for yeah that's a good question which Mac Mini did I go for um it, basically the middle model if I remember right the two I'll, I'll look it up because I Otherwise, I won't be able to tell you because the sad thing about having been too busy is that I haven't yet set it up. Um, ah, so there was. Is, did you get this sort of? Um, did you get a bespoke build, or did you just get uh, no, an off-the-shelf? No. I got. I got the off-the-shelf one. Hold on a moment. Uh, Mac Mini, that's the one. Um, will do if it actually loads the page. Always helps, doesn't it? Yeah, I got the um, the three gigabyte six core uh, version. Oh, very nice. Um, Three gigabyte what? That's sorry, gigabyte, gigahertz speed. It's a, ah, yeah. it's a core. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a six core i i five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that looks. Uh, I think that's the one that I would probably go for. Yeah, eight eight gigs of RAM. 
256 SSD. And, and there's a bit of me thinks, well, should I have got the 128? But the trouble is, it's not easy to. I think you can actually replace the. I can't remember on the Mac. You can replace the RAM, but yeah, the RAM, replacing but the storage SSD. is not going to not yeah. going to work. Yeah, you can't do that. You can you can upgrade the RAM. But the thing I liked about this, it's got four USB Cs at the back, a couple of the uh, legacy USBs, and their USB three. Uh, it, it looks a pretty nice machine, actually. Um, I'm looking forward to setting it up, uh, but it just needs me to have a quiet day. Ha ha. Probably in about a fortnight, I might be able to actually sit down and, and, and set the thing up and get the software I want on it and whatever. Uh, and and I've, I've had Mac Minis for a long time. I mean, uh, I think this is going to be the fifth one, maybe, going back to power PC days. Um, and to be honest, I think they're a very good compromise on a Mac. They're, 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 they're better value in, in my eyes than, than any. Any iMac is. I've had an iMac before. Mm, um, I don't know about that. The if you consider that the iMac has a screen built into it that is worth a lot of money. Yeah, but then we've had this conversation about my eyes before, haven't we? Um, it does. But equally, uh, one of the things that I got out of the, the joint venture was I'd, I'd always sort of looked a bit askance at people who had more than one monitor and thought, well, why do you need more than one monitor? And actually, if you're working on some information somebody sent you, and you've got. A, and, and, uh, I mean, at the moment, for example, I mean, I've, I just left this on Friday evening. I've got seven spreadsheets open, split between three monitors. Well, that, that is so much easier than having to constantly flip from one to the other, because very often you're actually copying information from one document to another one. Um, I actually, have got, you know, I've got the. I'm getting proper use out of these three monitors. But um, there's nothing and, stopping you adding two monitors to an iMac. Well, there isn't, but then it's all a bit inelegant, isn't it? Nothing matches. You know, at the moment <laughs> I've got I've got three three uh, three uh, quite decent Dell monitors that um, height adjustable, angle adjustable, and whatever. Uh, yeah, it does look a little bit like I'm trying to launch a space program or something, but but there you go. But it it, it actually works very well. So yeah, the the idea I can hang the three monitors off the back of this appeals to me more than the iMac. And the other other point about it as well uh, is if it, I mean I have had an iMac. In fact, I think it's still sitting in the spare room. Um, it's great until something goes wrong because at that point everything goes wrong. Uh, you know, and if if the display goes wrong, I suppose you you got a problem. Now the answer to that is when did you last have a display go wrong? The answer is can't remember. Um, so it is a long time. But yeah, I I just think for for in term, personally uh, as a, uh, on balance, I actually prefer the the proposition of the Mac Mini to the proposition of the iMac. Beautiful though the iMac is, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't argue with that. I, I, they are very nice. But but the other point, of course, is that my eyes aren't that great anyway. So paying for a, a super high definition monitor is just it, 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 there is no benefit for me. Okay, I I can't imagine that you wouldn't be satisfied with a, uh, a twenty seven inch iMac screen because it's essentially I don't know, it's essentially the best screen for a pc or mac that you can get you, I, I can imagine it because the spacing which it has to go is only 23 inches high <laughs> so <laughs> i'd have to demolish my my, uh, my desk unit to do that because literally the shoulding is uh, is too low to put a 27 inch monitor in there okay um, so you've got like a 23 inch monitor in there at the moment uh, i think it's 21 and a half actually but that's fine okay it's no it's no problem um i've got well i've got three of them they're, they're in a nice little little sort of a quarter circle um but yeah, I mean, if you want an iMac, that's great. Go get an iMac. I, I, I certainly don't mind. I mean, I I did toy actually with whether to get um, a, a new um, MacBook Air um, because obviously you could stick stick a couple of monitors on the back of that and have a docking station and whatever. Um, but I again, I, I just came to the conclusion. No, I think I'm I think I'm happier with a, a bespoke 
uh, machine, which let's face it, you can easily easily log into while you're away and, and retrieve anything you might not have, have got with you or whatever. Um, and it also means that I didn't have to junk the rest of my kits as well, which uh, seems to be working okay. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That should be should be quite good. Um, be nice to go back to having Mac OS. Um, I wonder I wonder actually whether I'll, I will miss Windows 10. Um, if if I do, that's fine because it means I can just put the bits into the uh, the Dell that I bought for it, which I'll do anyway. Um, it'll be easy enough to switch it back, and it will be that much higher spec of machine. So, kind of the best of both worlds to be like. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be interesting to hear back on that one. Mm, yeah. Okay. We'll see about that, I guess. So, has your collection of phones stabilised? Um, stabilised. Well, actually, I, 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 yes, is the short answer. I got rid of several, and I haven't actually bought any new ones. Um, okay. Which ones did you get rid of? The oh, you'll love me for this. The G Seven. Oh, that's a sin. Well, yeah, but it was a case of the G7 or the V30. Okay, uh, well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you off then. The, the V30 had had really two things, uh, I think, going for it. Or yeah, two. Well, one thing going for it, and one not going for it. The one thing not going for it is that the price of a second-hand V30 appears to be ludicrous. And I think it's a better phone than the. You know, if you if you go out there and buy a V30 on the second-hand market at the moment, the price what you're getting for the price is is amazing value. Uh, equally, if you're trying to sell one, it's pretty rubbish. Okay. Um, and I still like the V30. I mean, I've got a V30 Plus, so it's it's a dual SIM, uh, lots of lots of um, memory and whatever. There's no no problem with that. So that that went. Um, and what else did I get rid of? Gosh, mental blank. Uh, oh, I know what it was. The P20 Pro. Um, P20 Pro went primarily because um, it was at the time there was an amazingly good price being offered on it on Music Magpie. Um, in fact, I think from recollection, I sold it for pretty much what I paid for it, which which was quite good. Um, and yeah, there's a bit of me that still sort of thinks, you know, did I do the right thing? Didn't I do the right thing? But but it, it it had come down in my mind to a choice between the P20 Pro and the Note 9, uh, and the Note 9 still I, I still keep finding things in the Note 9. And think, oh gosh, that's really impressive. I like that. That's that's good. It's well done. I, I I very much like the new One UI. I think think to be fair to Samsung, they really have listened to all the complaints about their old skin, uh, and the new one is it's a good mixture of of um, straight Android Pie um, and also some of the Samsung editions. I think they've they've done yeah, I'm I'm not gonna say it's perfect, but it's very good indeed. I, I, I really do like using it and So which bits of straight Android Pie have they pulled through then? Because that's well, not particularly Samsung like. No, I mean things like the way you get the carousel, for example. Um that's that's directly straight it's identical to the Pixel. There's no difference to that. Is this this with a sort of um the open apps. Swipey gesture. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you know you got the carousel of apps in in sort of um, tombstone format I suppose, uh, so it's very easy to sort of like on like on on the pixel to, to go through what you want open and don't want open and, and switch apps and so on. That's that's done really well. You've still got the uh, the the edge screens, which to be honest I don't really use them very much. In fact, very much is overstating it. I, I hardly use them at all. But I do know people who do use that and like it. Uh, what isn't so good, and I've still got bloody Bixby, <laughs> which is very frustrating. Yeah. Um, and um, think about Bixby. I think my frustration with Bixby is it could be so much better with not very much effort. I think, um, but I still don't think it's going to be as good as Google Assistant, regardless of what you do. Um, what else we got? Samsung Pay. Oh yeah. Um, it's got Samsung Pay on here. Um, 
I haven't actually, I've actually set it up, although I haven't actually tried it with anything. Um, There's no benefit to Samsung Pay in the UK, though, is there? I think not, probably. Um, I don't think there's a particular downside to it. I mean, it seems to have an extremely comprehensive loyalty card section. I mean, just about every loyalty card you could possibly want to add to it, from Lufthansa Air Miles through CEX, Marks and Spencers, you know. There's, there's probably 150 in there you can choose from. So if I add my, for instance, I'm trying to think of anyone that I would use. So let's say I had a a high street um points card or even like a what's the tesco one um club card club card yeah so if i've got a tesco club card um how does it so i suppose i can sort of load that into the wallet on the phone can i and just sort of show the how does the cashier then kind of have you ever used an app like stowcard for example no yeah well two two ways i mean um on on this one for example you can uh, it says tap to use card so it it shows you the barcode that corresponds to your tesco club card so do the does the um you just just they just scan they it. have to scan it do they yeah okay um, the, the only time i found this sort of app really useless is if you want to get um uh, sort of scan it yourself um device what's the word for them you know what i mean the self-scan sort of thing where you get like a handheld terminal and scan the the like a self-checkout thing yeah that's right um the the apps are pretty useless for that because they almost all well i've yet i've yet to see a a machine that lets you um scan a barcode they want you to swipe your card so yeah so it doesn't work very well but i mean the 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 amount of of cards that they've got preset is just incredible um that must be just scrolling down now i bet they're 150 maybe some more you know, and and some of them I would have thought were reasonably uh, obscure. Some of them are reasonably useless, like the Toys R Us Club. But um, I think they might want to delete that one. Um, but you know, uh, Tate member card, for example. So if you go to the museums there, okay, uh, yeah. yeah, Shell Drivers Club, uh, Holland and Barrett Rewards for Life. You know, there are dozens that are pre-set up, and basically you just put your, your card details in or scan them, and um, and away it goes, and you can add one that isn't on the list as well. So you know it'll let you do it, and you even lets you photograph the card. So instead of having a blanker slot, it shows you the actual card. So it looks all right, but the question is, what use is it? And I answer that is, I don't really know. Um, not least of all because uh, among decent-sized banks in the UK, I think only um, Santander and Nationwide support it. And you could argue whether certainly Nationwide is a decent-sized bank; it's really a building society. Um, the likes of um, some of the challenger banks support it. I don't know who they are actually, but um, I like think Metro and things like uh, that. I think Starling does, for example. But, okay. Um, let's, let's, let's put in Samsung Pay and see what it says. Um, I, I mean, it, it is very odd. I mean, I, I know I was in Switzerland before Christmas, and and I looked up. You know, does Apple Pay work in Switzerland? Answer: Yes, it does. Does Google Pay work in Switzerland? Answer: No, it doesn't. But oddly, Samsung Pay works in Switzerland. So that you know, is interesting. Yeah, I, I was really quite surprised about that. It didn't. Um, it really did surprise me about that. Right, what does it list as their partners? It's a very limited list. Amex, um, the Co-op Bank, Danske Bank, which uh, operates in Northern Ireland, uh, First Direct, and HSBC too. So yeah, there's a there's a major bank. Um, Marks and Spencers does well. That's because it's run by HSBC. Uh, nationwide, Santander and Starling. So if you bank with anything RBS or uh, okay, that's still, or I whatever, mean, I suppose it's enough to for it to be a viable service. If it, even if it's not um, comprehensive, I guess. Yeah, if you if you have the right card, then you're okay. Um, it specifically says you can set the card up to use it as a transport card on TFL. 
which uh, which I had not realised. I might have used that on, on the uh, on the bus yesterday because I went to London yesterday. Um, so that you know, so so yeah, you can see you can see. I, I, I mean, the way really I feel about it is I don't really see the downside to having having Samsung Pay on the phone, especially since you can still have Google Pay on the phone and indeed yeah. any other payment service you want on the phone. Um, Leon said that, that actually uh, Google Pay is more convenient because you actually have to swipe up and open. Um, Samsung Pay, and I suppose um, you know if you've got a, if you carry a small child and you Google Pay phone, you can literally just unlock it with your finger and hold it to the terminal. Um, that's fine, but to be honest, I tend to try and choose which card I'm paying with, mostly because I'm a, uh, I juggle the, the statement dates really. So I think that ah, right today, so and so, I'll use this card. But you know, on the, on the Samsung thing, you've got to unlock it and swipe up from the bottom of the screen. Well, I don't think that's such an imposition, and maybe if it, if it were a problem, they would change it. It seems just another payment system. It's it's what Samsung has tried to do to to make itself more like Apple, isn't it? Having its own systems for this, its own browser and whatever. Um, and and if you if you've never tried the Samsung browser, it's really good. The only only downside I've got to with it is that it doesn't support password managers at the moment. Um, and, and I make quite extensive use of those. So Yes, it has its own password manager if you fancy starting a new one with it, though. That's all I'm going to say on that topic. <laughs> yeah, but I agree with you. I use the Samsung browser on all my Android devices. It's a really good, uh, good browser. It could just do with one more thing, which is a little bit more compatibility on the reading mode. So that seems to crop up every now and again, rather than, and it crops up a lot more consistently on uh, the Apple devices. And I do use that uh, quite a lot just to declutter an article if it's full of um, adverts and uh, yeah, other distractions. I, that's so the reader mode on the Samsung one is better than on, on uh, Google Chrome, isn't it, for example? Yeah, well, I've never got the reader mode working properly on Google Chrome, no, exactly, I have to say. No, nor me, whereas, whereas you can actually get it working on, on the Samsung browser. Yeah. Um, and it works fairly well, I think. Yeah, it just would be nice if there was a browser that had, uh, I think the things, that, the sort of requirements that I had on an Android browser are um, sort of pinch to zoom on the, or, or what do they call it, text reflow, I think, which was this yeah. HTC-owned uh, uh, software device where you can zoom in on a web page and the text gets bigger, but not the area in which the text is. So you can sort of get a nice... Um, uh, you get it formatted quite nicely, and you, you're never sort of nipping around the the web page. I'd like a reader mode. I'd like a the capability for uh, an ad blocker, and I'd like the capability for a uh, a password manager. So I think that the on Android, there's nothing that does everything, no. as far as I'm aware. But uh, obviously, the iOS browser does do everything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Samsung browser does support ad blockers, doesn't it? Um... Yeah, you know, I mean, AdBlocker itself is available for the Samsung browser. Yeah, so, the closest the closest one is the Samsung browser yeah. too, uh, and I think that's basically, you know, acknowledged to be the best of the Android uh, browsers. Uh, I mean, it's interesting you mentioned HTC. I, I, I'm really sad that HTC basically got crushed under the advertising budget of Samsung because I, I've been a big fan of HTC phones over the years. In fact, I've still got a One M9 that once in a while I charge up for old times' sake. Probably should have found a trade-in for that at the appropriate time, and not. Um, and, and there's still a bit of me that thinks, you know, gosh, the the what might have been there because they they really screwed up with the one M8, I think, with the the dual camera system that wasn't ready and wasn't as good a camera as the one M7. And actually, the one M7, it it may have been um, 
you know, a, a, a low res camera, but it was capable of some amazing tricks. You know, the, the sort of on the fly removing th the things you don't want in a photograph. I, I remember once taking a photograph in Spain and, and uh, of a really nice square, and in the middle of it, there was somebody wearing a fluorescent green top. <laughs> and and actually, to the naked eye, you didn't really so it didn't leap out. But the moment you saw it in a photograph, you you just couldn't sort of take your eye off this this guy who who just had this eye-burning green top you know, stand there and two or three clicks of the software and buff is gone you know it's uh it was quite an amazing technology demonstration i still can't really do that now to be honest with any and not not with the same degree of ease i mean you can do it there are plenty of apps on them but um it, it I, I liked the way that was going i loved the yeah. one m7 and, and i'm sad that they're kind of gone i think i think they've had it now haven't they i guess the one m7 was their real big chance because that was arguably <sighs> You know, it was it had USPs over and above the equivalent Samsung at the time. You know? Absolutely, yeah. Build quality so, for one. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It, so it, I think if they were going to, if they were really going to propel themselves forward, that was really the time to do it because after that point they were less and less competitive. At least, yeah. Uh, yeah that, the that was the problem, wasn't it? At that, at that point, it just well, they kept getting things out, sort of either moments before Samsung's latest one, or in, in I think it was one M nine came out after the. I could be wrong on that one, yeah, but one of them I think came out after the equivalent Samsung, and they were just blown away by every billboard saying "get the latest Samsung." And and I mean, I was interested hearing Dave talking about uh, getting an old Samsung. Was it an S five he got? Yeah, yeah. S five. That was the yeah. one with the sort of really weird plastic back. Wasn't yeah. It, right? yeah, 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 yeah. The um, sort of elastoplast. Yeah, that's right. Effect. Yeah, yeah. It really, really was a, a fairly nothing. Although I think for what Dave wants for it, it's probably an ideal use. <laughs> it's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's perfect, but um, but no, I mean, it was a it, the, the quality of the phones that Samsung was chucking out then really weren't very nice. I mean, I remember when when I got the uh, the dreadful name, something like the. S6 Plus Max or something like Edge Max or something, <laughs> one of these ones that went on forever and a day. Um, that was quite a step up for Samsung, and that now I don't think you can compare that to Samsung's quality at all. I mean, the, the, the Note 9 is a, a really nice device, but back in the day, dear me, they produced some real rubbish, didn't they? Well, the hardware was always, it was always as good as you could get. You could argue that the plasticiness was plasticky. But you couldn't deny that the insides, yeah. the screen, and the camera were top notch. No, no, I'll uh, for pretty much every Samsung since time immemorial. Yes, oh yeah, yeah, the insides were fine. It just it was one of those occasions where you bought something expensive and it looked cheap. I mean, to be to be absolutely honest, it's a bit how I feel about the Pixel. Uh, the the latest Pixel, the Pixel Three. Uh, still feels quite badly overpriced to me, um, but but nothing by comparison with the predecessors. Where I don't know what they thought they were justifying the high price on. Um, you know, it really was very expensive, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but but it's interesting. Here we are. We're talking about old phones. What, what, what's on the horizon you're looking forward to? For me, you know, being an LG fanboy, I am interested by the G8. Uh, obviously, the advantage that I see of LG phones is that they're cheap, so getting them close to release is not normally uh, uh, a good plan. It's usually a dreadful plan. Yeah, it? yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, the the G8 is the one that takes my eye at the moment. Um, the S10, I think it'd be very interesting to see what they do with the cameras. So it yeah. looks like we've got a wide angle, which kind of might um, torpedo LG's USP rather. Uh, looks like the uh, Samsungs are going to go with a, a zoom, a normal, and a, a wide angle. And Don't even you think that's, the that's gone already. Was Huawei are already doing that with the Mate Twenty Pro, aren't they? They are, yeah. But the Mate Twenty Pro is a bit of a niche device, as far as I'm concerned. Ooh. But 
yeah, I don't think I've seen many in the wild. I mean, I know um, some of the Uber mobile geeks have got them, but I, I don't see a lot of uh, Mate 20 Pros in the wild. You're, you're referring to Dan, aren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think... Now, uh, now Mate Dan's got one, doesn't he? Doesn't everyone seem to have a Mate 20 Pro that we Which know? It, I've never had a Mate 20 Pro. I've never never even seen one, actually. I might, might go and have a wandering... I'm going, going into town a bit later. I might wander and have a, have a look at one. But, yeah, it is a bit niche. I mean, I don't know about you, in, in the real world, um, I, you know, I, I work from home, but a lot of the time I'm working in people's offices. All I ever seem to see, to be honest, are Apples and Samsungs. Yeah. And virtually never see anything else. I think, I think in terms of Windows phones, I've only ever seen one in the wild three times, and one of those was a fortnight ago, where, oh, where yeah. bizarrely a taxi driver had got one. Um, now, but, I walked past a, a Windows phone at work the other day. Uh, it was only, as you say, it was only a couple of weeks ago. And I did raise an eyebrow, and I thought, oh, okay, yeah, you're persisting with your Windows phone. That's great. That's good. You should have made an offer for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I do see uh, a lot of OnePluses, so I see a lot of OnePlus 6Ts, and I see uh, a reasonable amount of OnePlus 6s. So I think if there's you know a third manufacturer that's snapping at the heels of uh, Samsung and um, Apple, it's definitely um, OnePlus. It's got to be said, it's interesting, I have never seen uh, a OnePlus 6 or a 6T, ever. Ah, that's uh, interesting. I've seen a few Huawei's, but not very many either. I mean, you know, like I say, almost everything I ever see is Apple or Samsung. Um, but I've never seen. I, I mean, again, I've never actually seen one personally. I, I, I was thinking the other day I need to go and have a look in, look in some shops, but then I'm worried I might then buy one um, because the the OnePlus Six T certainly looks quite an interesting device. I quite like the look of that, uh, and I also like the look, to be honest, of the Honor View Twenty because I think one of the problems that, that we have at the moment is. We have so many phones, and they are just getting so so expensive. And and that's okay if you're going to use it for two or three years. But if you're bored of them very quickly, like I do, which is failing on my part, I know. But there we go. Um, I, I'm actually interested to see what some of these mid-range phones are producing now, because it's not. It's not I mean, if we go back to that one M7, I can't remember what that was at launch, but it wasn't an awful lot more, I don't think, from from memory than um, than we're now seeing from the 6T and the View 20 and whatever. Um, and you really need the things that take it a bit further. I'm not so sure a lot of the time you do. I mean, I always get led by the nose because I want the best camera. Um, but there's also a point of how much can you actually extract from a, from a, from a tiny sensor and a few lenses. Uh, an amazing amount already, I, I think. But uh, there is a bit of me thinks, well, you know, maybe I'll have one of those and, and I treat that as a, a when I'm out for the day, day sort of device and, and something cheaper otherwise. Because I, it is a serious amount of money that some of these phones are charge, charging there, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think um, the I, I can't remember that. Well, the last sort of thousand pound phone that I got was the iPhone X. Yeah, uh, which is great, and I still like it. But uh, I haven't been tempted to get any other phone of that price. You know, I'm it's I, I sort of quite like you know sniffing around and seeing what what bargains can be had, and you know. What the, where the value for money is and absolutely. You know. I mean, I, mean, you know, I, I spent a good good deal yesterday on on trains, um, and I took the Mi Max Three, and and I said, it suddenly occurred to me that actually, for what I want to do with this today, what am I actually missing? Not very much. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, I went to see an exhibition, so uh, it was one where I knew I couldn't take a camera in anyway, so that kind of precluded the need for a. Sorry about that. Drop something there. That that precluded the need for a good camera phone with me. For snaps, even even for snaps, the Mi Max Three is good enough. Oh yeah, the Mi Max Three. Yeah, I've yeah, got the, one the, of those. The big, the big one you have. We both have, haven't we? Um, and and 
to be honest, I think I might, how much do you pay for yours? Mine was I think about two hundred and thirty quid. Like uh, I think I got mine for exactly two hundred. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you got that amazing deal, didn't you? Because you got fifteen percent off, if I remember rightly. Was that um, one where I've got an eBay fifteen percent off? Possibly, I possibly think it was. Yeah, because they're about they're about two thirty two forty on there now. But you look at what you get for two hundred forty quid and think, yeah, well, it's mad. Know, compare that with with an iPhone XS Max, and I think, well, actually, um, I mean, the the big thing that, that Xiaomi need to do for for my money is to put NFC in everything. And so if they put NFC in the um, the Poco phone, for example, I would have had one ages and ages ago. But I'm not going to get a phone that doesn't have NFC because I actually do quite like playing with with the phone. It's, it's, uh, it's so convenient. I'm still in a in a good position where I never bother with um, sorting out Google Pay on any of my Android phones. So I, I don't uh, need NFC. So actually, I've got to tell you a little story because it might have happened to somebody else as well. For ages and ages, I uh, had a Halifax card um, which I used every month regularly on on um, Apple Pay. And uh, nothing drastic happened to the card. It's just expired and it got replaced in November. And thereafter, every time I used this card, it was declined, which was very strange. No, the I new, the new card. The new, the, yeah, the new card on Apple Pay. Yeah. Ah, okay. But the card itself worked. So um, I, I rang Halifax and no, no, there's, there's not a problem with the card. It should be absolutely fine. Or maybe you went over the limit and I'm going, but, you know, I've, I've used it in Sainsbury's for more than 30 quid for like nine months. Well, you can have another go. We're sure it'll be fine this time. And eventually, um, before Christmas, they said, well, there has to be some problem. We'll replace the card. And I'm thinking, but the problem is with my Apple Pay, not with the card. Um, and by this time, I'd uh, uninstalled, reinstalled, and reauthorized the card about fifteen times. And on, and on Halifax, that's a pain because they don't use the text method, uh, text message method. They they make you ring up, which is all right, but it's just not quite as convenient, is it? Okay. So anyway, the new card came before Christmas. Uh, uh, as I said, I didn't really get much chance to use it um, in, in January because basically the only time I ever went out was to go shopping, which was a bit boring. Um, but the new card demonstrated the same characteristics. Um, and so I, I thought to myself, right, I'm going to actually get to the bottom of this. So I went through to the Apple Pay team and explained it all. And they went back and said, oh, yeah, it's been it's been stopped by the fraud team. We've got a fraud code on it. So I'm saying, well, this is a bit odd because what, what typically happens with it is you go and try and pay with Apple Pay and it says decline. You stick the same card in the terminal and put the PIN number in and it works immediately. So if it was being blocked for fraud, you'd kind of expect that it would be blocked in both cases. But apparently, according to the fraud people, they they went away, and there was an awful lot of scratching heads about this. I mean, I was probably on the phone for three quarters of an hour. But apparently, the system was reporting a mismatch between the phone and the card, whatever that might mean. Um, and so, every time I tried to use Apple Pay, it came up as fraudulent use of the card. Interesting. And and I was so saying to them, they were saying, well, can't you use a different a different phone? And I'm going, well, I could do, but you know, I actually want to use Apple Pay. Um, and they go, oh, okay. Um, and, and they went through all sorts of things. And basically, they tried to make out it was Sainsbury's fault, um, which, as I said, it, it, I don't think it can be because you know, on occasions I've, I've just said, oh, in that case, I'll pay with a different card on Apple Pay and it worked first time. 
Um, and ultimately, they came to the conclusion that the only way they could actually break this cycle was to reissue me with another card, but to change the account number. So that card is currently en route. Um, but you just think, how can it be that you go through all of the validation process and it comes up and says, yes, your card is installed. And if you go into the details on Apple Pay, it tells you the virtual card number and whatever. And then their system throws up a mismatch between the card and the phone. <laughs> Crazy. Mm, so... Well, good luck getting that sorted. I don't know how changing the account number is going to make any odds. Well, I can't see it either. Uh, to, be, to be honest, I can see what's going to happen. If I want to use Apple Pay, I'm going to have to get a different credit card. Um, I thought you were going to say I have to get a different phone. It could be the excuse you're looking for. Well, yeah, might be. But then, you know, I don't know. I just, I just don't understand it. I, I can't see how it could have worked fine for months and then they replace the card and it no longer wants to play. And, and especially having survived several uninstall, reinstall cycles and changing the card and, and whatever. But, yeah. No, it was the worst. I was quite happy because I got I got two cards with a statement dates like a fortnight apart, I think they're thirteen days apart, which is great because it means you can always you can always kick things into the distance while you work out how you pay for them afterwards. Ah. Um, so the other downside to applying for a new uh, new card, you don't know what statement date you're going to get. But so um, you're going to be uh, going into town now and uh, getting out the pennies and the uh, and the notes and uh, paying the old fashioned way. Um, you know, I'll just pay on a different card on that account on, on the on the Apple phone, but it, it is a bit frustrating. Um, so yeah, so it's always not perfect in the world of NFC payments, is it? No, well, I'd say I I think I heard that you can't even add a Barclays card to um, Google Pay. So I don't, I don't understand why they make it harder to use NFC payments than to use contactless, because contactless is inherently insecure in my opinion. Doesn't matter yeah, use it, but it, yeah. You know, you've got at least you've always got some sort of confirmation on the NFC payment, like a fingerprint or a face ID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there we go. Okay, well, I think we're about done there, uh, Richard. So, time to uh, go into town and yeah, have a look around uh, whichever you know interesting shops you're planning on visiting. Um, yeah, I think I'm being taken for a visit to Lakeland, actually. Ah, fantastic. That sounds like bliss. <laughs> Kitchen gadgets or something like that. Um, but yeah. Okay, so we'll chat soon. All right, take care. Nice to talk to you, Joe. Cheers, Richard. See you in a bit. See you later. Bye bye. Bye now.